Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How's everybody doing? What's going on? What the fuckers? This is Mark Marin. Welcome to WTF with Mark Marin. How are you all? Today on the show, we got a new friend of mine, a guy I worked with down in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for coming out, folks. Uh, Kyle Kinane, very funny guy. I took to this guy because he's sort of a, he's a young comic, but he's uh, an old crank. And he's a, a great uh, raconteur, I think is the word for it. So uh, looking forward to having him on. That'll, that'll happen in just a few minutes. Also an interesting guest. I got a thing on Facebook. Some dude claims to have known me in third grade uh he's gonna come on i've contacted him and this is a guy that i i barely remember quite honestly with you but i thought because we had such a success with uh talking to my buddy dean in new mexico that why not reach out he lives in the la area so so this is a a reunion with a dude that uh i knew in third grade so uh so that should be interesting as much as I say, what the fuck, or as much as I say, yeah, what the fuck, I'm finding that I don't give a fuck about things as much as I used to. I cannot muster up the energy to give a shit like I used to. It comes in waves. It comes in flurries. It comes in, you know, because I spend a lot of time, as some of you know, doing political talk, and I can go a week without reading a goddamn paper, and I don't feel any of the worse for it. But then I'll get a, a, a manic wave of, like, I need to know what the hell is going on, and I'll get locked in. And there was a lot of stuff going on that I just didn't give a shit about. I don't give a shit about Tiger Woods. You know what? I don't care about golf. But as somebody who's supposed to be commenting on things, I thought, well, maybe I better develop some sort of opinion on this because maybe I should give a shit. And last night I was about to go on stage and it was bothering me that I couldn't muster up the, uh, the fuckness to, uh, to really have a comment on it. And then I, I started thinking about the reaction to Tiger Woods and what it implied. And I thought that, and I, I haven't been paying attention to anyone else's take on this, and I know it's old news already. But it dawned on me that, uh, you know, who gives a shit? The guy's not a minister. He's not uh, somebody that, uh, you know, that is in some sort of position where uh, he has to be righteous. It's just this is something they put on Tiger Woods. And I think primarily the reason they put it on Tiger Woods, I know he's a role model, but is he really that big of a role model for kids? I mean, there are a lot of kids out there that are going, you know, I want to play golf. I mean, golf is, a, you know, it's a, it's a leisure activity of, you know, upper middle class people. I mean, I know a lot of people love it. And I, I don't want to knock golf because I got enough shit for, you know, knocking Guitar Hero of all things. Yeah, it doesn't seem that, don't, no matter what I say on this show, the stuff that gets the biggest reaction are things that I just throw away. I called people who play Guitar Hero losers, and I, and I, I think I lost some listeners, to be quite honest with you. Judging by the emails I got, people were like, you know, fuck you. You're going to shit on me because I play Guitar Hero. I can't enjoy myself for a couple hours. Look, do what you want. It was just a, it was an off, uh, just a, an aside for Christ's sake. But this golf thing and this role model issue, it dawned on me, and maybe I'm wrong. But I was thinking about Tiger Woods, and I was thinking about golf. And I think the reason why this whole reaction is a bit disturbing that he's going to lose his sponsors that now you know the world is going to look at him in a different way maybe i mean a guy like that who had that father who had that much pressure in his life who has this all sort of hanging on his shoulders i mean he's gonna pop open somewhere he's gonna blow a gasket and need to do something bad 
just to keep himself in check. You know, people that are put up on pedestals and then you know tend to believe the pedestal they're put up on or have to maintain that position eventually will do something usually fairly dramatic and fairly uh, dubious just to find some fucking balance. But I think it's a deeper issue than that on a cultural level because I think that if you think about it, golf is a white sport. It is the whitest sport, I believe. Uh, if I'm really going to think about it, you know, maybe that and, and polo, uh, which I, you know, I, I don't think that there are any you know, role models or sponsorships that are you know, running to you know, seek out polo players. It's not a, a popular sport. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's a legitimate sport necessarily, but, but golf is a white person's sport. Tiger Woods got a tremendous amount of attention, of attention because he's not white. Not only was he the best player alive or perhaps in history, but he was black and playing in a white person's sport. So this is a, a, you know, he had to pass. They had no choice, but to let this man into the club. That's the bottom line. And the reason that he has become so popular and, and hence golf has become so, the reason he is a household name because who really gave a shit about golf? I mean, yeah, we all know Arnold Palmer. We know Jack Nicholas, and, and I and, and I know that there's a lot of people that love golf. But golf became like insanely uh, popular and in the public eye because of Tiger Woods, because he was black. And I think that what's at the core of the reaction to a lot of what is happening around Tiger Woods, outside of the fact that look, you know, he's he's the best at what he does. He's got a lot of bread. He's married to a beautiful woman, and you know, and he fucked around. All right, that's a not unusual, not unusual. But I think the fact is that the, the, the massive reaction around like, oh, my God, Tiger Woods, it's, it's as if Jesus had been caught doing something. And I think the real reason is, is that culturally, I think a lot of people and I, I don't think um, I'm, I'm uh, you know, wrong in thinking this. I think a lot of people in the back of their heads are like, oh, you see, he's just like the rest of them. He's just like R. Kelly. He's just like the rappers. He's like uh you know, like uh, if I knew more black ball players that, you know, have fallen from grace. I think there's a racial component to this. Who the hell said he wanted the job of being Mr. Perfect? It's tough being Mr. Perfect. But I think there is a racial component to it. And and speaking of that, I, I got to be I got to be honest with you. The biggest what the fuck I have had in the last two days is, look, I don't know what side you're on. I don't care. You know, I've spent a lot of time talking politics, usually from the left, obviously, always from the left. Uh, but I'm not carrying any water for anybody anymore. This is not the kind of show I do. But, uh, you know, I, I was not giving a fuck about much. And then uh, President Obama accepted his Nobel Peace Prize. Now, this is more than the audacity of hope. This is just fucking... I, I I don't know where he finds the balls to do this, and I don't really agree with it. He accepts the Nobel Peace Prize by giving a speech that basically says, look, I, I haven't done a lot to deserve this, but the, the one thing I want to say is war is good. Thank you for the Nobel Peace Prize. War is good. That That's not just audacity. That's, that is fucking balls, and I couldn't believe it. So I'll be honest with you. I don't want to hear you Republicans complaining about anything anymore. I think you've got your guy on that level. And there's another thing that came up, and this is not in, 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 insanely political, 
But there, there's always been this discussion about how did the right get people to vote against their economic self-interest. Usually it was with religion. Usually if you could scare the shit out of enough poor Christians to vote against their self-interest in the name of the unborn uh, or in the name of some sort of morality, you know, you could sort of you know, pick up a lot of votes that way because they didn't think the, uh, you know, their economic situation didn't need an explanation as long as they were doing the right thing to get into heaven. But now I've seen it, it's it trickled down into another area and I, I found this to be a very funny moment that, that the, the new frame of, uh, of, of how you know, Obama is being criticized around expanding the government and, 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 and raising taxes and, and the, uh, the, the bailout of the banks, which I don't necessarily agree with, you know, is starting to replace some of the social issues that, that sort of catalyzed the ability for, for poor people to vote against their, their economic self-interest. And, the, and, and what happened to me was that um, I went to the Dwayne Reed drugstore to pick up some batteries or something. And I'm standing online next to, uh, you know, behind a guy. I could only see his back, but he had a hoodie on. He had uh, cutoffs. Uh, he was wearing sandals. He had sort of uh, highlighted, matted blonde hair, and he reeked of alcohol and cigarettes. This is not a, an uncommon type to see here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, the kind of guy that, that looks like he may have lived at the beach uh, somewhere, you know, in, in the area of 20 years ago, and now he's... He's wandering and, and he was buying a case of beer and having a discussion with the woman at the counter about the lottery. And the discussion went something like this. He said, uh, he said, uh, hey, uh, how, how much uh, how much you think they get the government? How much you think the government gets uh, uh, taxes on, on the lottery? And the woman, this little uh, Latino woman goes, I don't know. 50 percent. The guy goes, no, not 50 percent. It's a good guess, though. They get like 33% of the winnings goes to the government. Goes to the government. So you win the lottery, you win a million dollars. You're only going to get like, what, like uh, 600 and change, 600,000. And then, and she was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. And then the guy, <laughs> the guy says, it's not even worth it. Not even worth it to play anymore. I'm not, if they're going to take that much money, I'm not even going to play the lottery. So somehow or another, the, the, the tax frame, and it's probably a good thing because, you know, not, not the idea that the, the odds of winning the lottery are so far and few. I mean, you're not going to win it. But this guy had found reason uh, because of the government's intrusion in the possibility that he might make a million dollars for nothing. Uh, he's not going to he's, he's drawing a line. It's a protest. You know, uh, fuck it. I'm not playing the lottery anymore if they're going to take a third of what I'm going to win. It's so, I mean, it's good that he's not playing, but I, I thought the uh, the sort of the politics of the situation were kind of funny. I'm going to protest. I'm not going to spend a dollar on a ticket if they're going to take, if I'm only going to get $650,000, it's not even worth it. You know, fuck the government. Spectacular. I, I didn't even know what to do with it. I didn't even know how to assess it. I just thought it was great. It's not worth it. I can tell you a lot of reasons why it's not worth playing the lottery. And the government taxing the winnings was really not one of them. Like, you're going to cut into my earnings? He's going to cut into my free money that I have, you know, pr probably almost no chance of winning? You know, fuck the government. If there's one criticism of the government, that's, uh, that's one I, I was, it was, I was, that was a new one to me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not voting uh, uh, for that guy again. He's, he's going to cut into my potential lottery winnings. 
That was spectacular. My guest in the garage on this rainy day is Kyle Kahane. Kahane. Oh, did I say Kahane? Yeah. I said Kahane? Yeah. Why am I thinking Kahane? You were trying to get a lot of Irish out of me in Atlanta. Kyle, oh, you know who I thought of? Corey Kahane. Oh, She's yeah. a Jewish woman. Yeah. You're not. I know. Kyle Kinane. Let me try it again. My guest in the garage on this rainy day is Kyle Kinane, who uh, I worked with recently at the Laughing Skull Lounge in Atlanta. Uh, we had a good time. I was trying to get a little Irish out of you. I really wanted you, because honestly, and I'll preface this interview by saying, we don't have a lot of history together, but we mm-hmm. did work together, and it's rare that I, I see somebody or work with somebody that actually is his own thing and kind of holds the stage as a singular entity, uh, whether he did it on purpose or not. He's <laughs> he's a character, but he's also a, a true raconteur, as they say, a man capable of spinning a yarn and doing it on stage, which is a rare talent that you don't see much anymore. Well, I do appreciate that. Thank you. You are. You're a storyteller, despite what you may think. I know we all tell our jokes and we have our jokes, but you know, I have not seen a dude... Like, say, like, you know, okay, I'm going to start this bit, and it's going to go on for eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And I know from having bits like that in my life that if it ain't working at four minutes in, you got nowhere to go. Oh, it's tough. Because you, you're, you're right at the narrative arc, and you're like, this ain't working out. So I'm not- And then if you make the choice to bail out, the audience is just, you know, you've just bailed on everybody. Right. And they're like, aren't you even going to finish the story, not funny guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a story. It's just tags. I have tags. You yeah, want to listen to tags? Be, no, but all of them have sort of a, uh, you know, the, and I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to infuse it into the podcast. I'm not going mm. to, uh, to ask you to do the bits. We'll tell no. the stories if they come up. But also you talk about going to art school and I was mm. under the impression for some reason I decided you were a painter, but it wasn't that. No, no. It was, uh, I went for, went to Columbia College. I have to say college. Okay. We'll have a, oh, I went to Columbia. Oh, New York? No, 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 no. college in Chicago. Yeah. When I went, uh, you did not need a high school diploma to get into the school. Was that the reason you went, or did you- No, did you... I, I was a great student in high school. Like, I really took a turn for the worse once I got out of high school. I, I never I never drank, touched drugs, straight A's, and then I waited till I had to pay for schooling to destroy all that. But you finished high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you I thought you said you didn't need No, to. no, but they did. But what I think the college's mentality was that they knew a lot of the people that they wanted to attract knew that high school was bullshit. Right. Like, right. oh, you, you want to be an artist? And you you were obviously bored with, like, you know, chemistry classes, and you probably failed. We understand that. Don't worry about it. You could still come here <laughs> and, and flirt. And it was. I, I did enjoy going there. I mean, Diploma <laughs> not necessary, rebels. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on down. Exactly. As long as your check clears, you know, we are happy to have you. And so how long did you stay in art school? I, uh, let's, my, my, uh, educational history was a year of community college. Loved it. What is that like? I mean, I, cause when I, I fucked up in high school and I panicked my last year, like I got, mm-hmm. I was a trouble student. I got the letter sort of like, you know, uh, Mark has a uh, motivational problems and this, that, and the other thing. And he's a, he's a problem. And then I really started to panic cause I was like, fuck college. And then I realized <laughs> that if I didn't go to college, I'd never get out of my parents' house. Yeah. So the last year I just locked in and did it. Yeah. I, I got A's and, and got in. But I was going to go to community college. We were looking at community yeah. colleges. I, I loved it. But it's it's a place you're supposed to... It, you go there and you're an idiot. You know, you you start trying a couple drugs. Yeah. You uh, wind up like me. Is this uh, on the curriculum? 
It pretty might might as well be. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a a philosophy teacher, philosophy at community college. Oh man, when you're just starting to crack your brain open on stuff, yeah, and then yeah. you say things like, "I think I I think I lean more towards Taoism," and then you have somebody say, "It's Taoism." Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that too. That too. I'm into yeah. that. <clears throat> but yeah. uh, yeah, I just had some you know some strange farmer that was also a philosophy teacher. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was like this weird, jolly uh, Swedish guy with a big white beard and. Were you a guy that talked in class? I mean, like in philosophy class? Because I remember when I was in philosophy class, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Mm -hmm. And there were these two like high-octane guys that spoke both French and English who would always get into it with the teacher. And I'd just sit there going, I don't even fucking know what they're talking about. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's please. There was one, because Community College collected such a, an array of characters, there was one guy that was just real intense, you know, looked like a skinhead. I Obviously, I wouldn't picture uh you know racist skinhead signing up for philosophy classes at maybe he's trying to broaden his horizons but would just sit there and just insist that two-thirds of the population needed to be eliminated so he was a skinhead <clears throat> yeah well i mean but non-discriminant you know he's he's like no i just just get rid of him really how many people we don't need him i know it's the bill burbit now he's like just stop we don't need we only need like maybe thirty thousand people in the world. yeah <laughs> but it but his arguments like i found myself going I still kind of agree with him. It's still sure. kind of a good reason. But he wasn't being specific. Like, let's start with the Jews. No, no. It had nothing to do with race. It was right. s strictly a numbers, a know, numbers situation. I don't, I don't know where I stand on that, yeah, honestly, because I hear about the overpopulation problem, but I still, mm -hmm. as being someone who lives in America and, and someone who drives around America, mm -hmm. I don't ever feel like things are overpopulated in the sense that even living in New York, I think that we're just badly spread out. And that I think there's a lot of people that probably cause more trouble than they should. Yeah. But I think if we were spread out a little better, we'd have plenty of stuff here. But you're more concerned with the just the, the levels increasing. My thing is I I don't plan on having children in my lifetime. Mm. And not many people – Idiocracy kind of nailed it for me. Okay. I know everybody says it wasn't the best movie, but as a point, like when they just talk about how – the, the the dumber people just keep making, just keep making more and more people. They yeah. just sit around and they just screw and they just make more people. And it's the smart couple like, well, we wanted to wait till we both got our doctorates and then we secured job and would wait and wait and would never, then would be too old to reproduce the people that would be necessary in this world. And it's a bleak outlook, I know I'm not preaching. But, here, I, think, but <clears throat> I think also that we, the sad thing is, is that uh, that dumb in, in, in some uh schools of thought is also poor is mm -hmm. that you know what you know the concern that some people have is like how do we stop the poor people from continuing to reproduce they can't mm -hmm. afford to have their kids and the best way to stop them is just deny them health care and they'll all die off but they never <laughs> seem to die off no 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 there's always that they have they have guaranteed their lineage and you know what evolutionarily speaking they are the most adaptive because people yeah. who can adapt to extreme circumstances mm -hmm. or or poverty or or uh yeah, they're the ones that physically can survive. Well, and what's adapting? The fact that you had 12 kids and some of them... Made it? Well, yeah, that's the, you're just playing the odds by putting as much <laughs> as you can out there and hoping some of them take. But I, I actually <clears> had an <throat> argument with a dude once years ago, and, and, I, and it's never left me, that the, the basically the argument was is that uh, you know money mm -hmm. is part of survival of the fittest that in mm -hmm. my brain it's like it was physicality that you know the uh, the propulsion of your genes and the next uh generation is determined by like what you can survive how much shit you can put up with and you yeah. know just you know basically physical determination but he said that like he said that that a woman who marries a small like you know wretched little 
perhaps you know mm-hmm. genetically um, deficient billionaire is is actually engaging in evolution as well. That despite the mm-hmm. fact that his genes and his sperm may be useless or may create you know a bunch of uh, of uh, developmentally disabled or, or flipper yeah. children, that nonetheless. Uh, they will be taken care of, and then she has just as much possibility as somebody. Well, else. And she's guaranteed her her well being financially. There you and go. And then when that guy dies, she, she can, she can have, do what she wants she to can do. Go regular genetically healthy children. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay, so then the argument. See, I, I hate even giving it to him now that he, he was right, and it still doesn't it, resonate it, with me. The, yeah, so survival just doesn't take on. Can I fight a lion? It's can I pay somebody to fight a lion? <laughs> you know, can I can I hire the best defense? That's out there. We're, let's Google lion fighters and see what we get. <laughs> and see what they earn. I, also, like, why is it, not to, I don't think it totally changed you, but it's a celebrated thing now. It's like these shows are just, I have 12 kids. I have 18 kids. Yeah. You know? Well, now it's a, it's their break. It's stardom. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. I hope I can have as many as the Octomom had. I and hope I, it, you know. And I guess, I'm, okay, well, it is the opposite of glorifying violence. But it's still kind of disgusting. Like, yeah, I don't switch I don't. from glorifying violence to glorifying abundant life. But it's still bad. It's still not a good thing. I I agree. I I mean, I've talked about kids on this show before. My brother has three kids. He just married a woman with mm-hmm. four kids. So it, all I know is that um, I have a hard time with the idea that that people who have children believe they're better than other people because mm-hmm. they have them. And I also I I I can't talk to my brother. I mean, it yeah. happened last night. He called me, left a message, seemed like he needed to talk to me. I called mm-hmm. him back. He's like, "Yeah, we're, we got seven kids. We got all seven here tonight, and we're trying to figure out what to eat. I can't, you know, I can't even. I got to go now." And that was it. Yeah. So I lost a brother to to that. Do you have brothers and sisters? <laughs> I have a sister. You guys get along? Yeah, fantastically. Really? Yeah. That's, and she's older or younger? Uh, she's younger. Oh. And uh, how younger? About a year and a half. How old are you? 32 i'll be 33 in a couple weeks are you protective of her did you have to do did you have to go out and kick any ass for your sister not really she oh. is uh she's she's a lesbian and oh. she uh she can kick my ass if she wanted to so really yeah it's really kind of the opposite well that's interesting to have a lesbian <laughs> sister i've had a couple yeah. of lesbian girlfriends but yeah. i don't have a before or after well, they were kind of half Did going you? in, and then I turned them. Yeah, <laughs> you then, pushed them. Yeah, you pushed them the extra way. Yeah, they they full on were like, I don't yeah. ever want to go through that again. Yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't. I, you know, I couldn't be. She's been out of the closet for a while, and it was one of those things. You know, I, I come from a pretty blue collar family in the Midwest, just outside of Chicago. And, uh, the fact that now it was it was I was real defensive of her just when she came out like i was really like who's who's gonna say something yeah and now i i get calls and it's just my parents they go down to gay pride parade every year and i get pictures back i'm like my dad just drinking mimosas at the really i'm missing out on such good times like like not only could i you know has it been accepted but she's more solidly grounded in reality to my parents than i think i am trying to be a comedian (laughs) in los angeles so Why like, can't you be gay like your sister? Yeah, it's, it's honestly like, oh, last this was the year to do it. I mean, we got, there was a place with a balcony, so we didn't have to, because the first year my dad went, like, he's still thinking it's like a 4th of July parade. He's down yeah. there with a folding chair, like, yeah. I just want to sit. He's like, no, you walk around. You, you have, he's like, no, why can't we just find a place to sit to, to watch the parade and watch the floats go by? <laughs> the floats. He thought, yeah, he thought it was like an, like an old, like a, a small town parade where you camped out yeah, and watched yeah. it. I want to see the, 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 the Snoopy balloon. Yeah, yeah, now no, no, they're down there. Yeah, like the, the large... <laughs> You know, cock and bondage balloon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And my sister, I mean, my sister wrote on, uh, 
She rode in the Dykes on bikes. They usually open the parade. Yeah, but right? she rode a moped in it too. Oh. And I actually I saw a picture. I'm like, if you're not going to take this lesbian thing seriously, I can't support you. Yeah, get a Harley. <laughs> she, yeah, just yeah. her like making a mockery of her own thing. Like, ah, I'm on my moped. Look at me. Oh, that's cute. So yeah, so that's the. the that's so, a, well, that's interesting. So your parents, <clears throat> like, your assumption initially was there's no way this is going to fly. And they eventually just accepted it immediately, or was it? It wasn't that I didn't think it was going to fly, but I was just, I was just instantly ready to be. Yeah, you know, my dad fixed airplanes for decades. Like that's his, that's his career. You know, my mom's a homemaker, and yeah, it was, just, it was not something that was, you know, these are not wasn't in the wheelhouse. Not small town, or not, right. but not also not big city, open minded. It's like, well, this is going to be a new experience, and it was. Uh, and it's great, yeah. It's completely, and now they're having a great time. Yeah, and, it's and like, they're concerned about you. Yeah, I, th- I think I caused them more worry about life. <laughs> you know, well, you're kind of a you're you're like what you would call a classic cranky guy. <laughs> you're like old school cranky. You're prematurely cranky. It's fun. I, I you know, I I have I have that in me. Yeah, but I think you're actually you're better than it than I I ever was because. You see, I I went from cranky right to fucking anger, whereas yeah. you, you seem to maintain a nice simmer of just cranky. You know, I, I I don't know what you're like in your personal life, but like I go from like you know, hey, this kind of sucks to like what the fuck and fuck you. But you're sort of like you, you kind of stay into this kind of sucks and explore it a little bit. But the angle, okay, the angle it's like there's no fun in anger for me, but there's fun in bitching about stuff. Like, ah. Yeah, I'm not bitching about it to make somebody else miserable. I'm like, hey, laugh at this thing that, that I think is dumb with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm much more, well, instead of like getting angry at somebody for acting like a jerk, I'll make a comment to somebody next to me like, look at this fucking guy. Huh? Yeah, right. It's more, it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's joyous for me to be, to be cranky about things. Well, I think that is the best <clears throat> way to do it. And I think that, you know, you should, you know, keep honing it. Because I've met cranks yeah. along the way. That drifted into anger and bitterness. There's a, they're like they have their character in place because mm. they're you know they're they're um, endearing curmudgeons, <clears throat> endearing curmudgeons, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a rare disposition. But like I'm, I guess my warning to you is like because we were having a conversation in the uh, in the house where, where you know aren't we just being you know objective i mean yeah i mean when people get like we were talking about you do colleges and your experience mm-hmm. at colleges is what well here and the, I, I don't know how long i'll be doing colleges because they don't seem to like me so much what, what I, talk, do you I talk about how you know life is not it's not a it's most of the times an unfulfilling tiring journey <laughs> and that's not what college <laughs> kids want to hear they want to hear that it's a wonderful place that once you get out you make money and you, yeah. and, you and you're successful and everything <laughs> is given to you there's presents and, and i'm there to tell them that their fifty thousand dollars a year does not guarantee any of that that's right nothing <laughs> it's, you're probably you're, going to be shitty your your parents gambled badly yeah probably <laughs> exactly right you know they they took a chance well i, to I enjoy mean, that to look at the things in life <laughs> but you're right i mean and 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 i think that that's a very funny angle to play and I, but mm-hmm. i i have found that there's a fine line between you know being cranky and being bitter yeah and once you cross into bitter i learned there's no way to make it funny because i and i never knew why and this is what i was going to tell mm-hmm. you in the house was that yeah it is realistic to to understand that life is full of challenges and failures and disappointments and you never feel as good as you did that one time what whatever one time you're yeah, holding yeah, on yeah. to where there's everybody's got those things in their life different you know sort of landmarks in their personal history where it's like mm-hmm. that was the best thing that ever happened to me yeah that's not going to happen a lot <laughs> 
and you'll hang on to those things. But once you start saying, you know, why the fuck can't that happen again? I mean, yeah. what the fuck is wrong? So once you cross over into bitterness, and this is just a key to the kingdom in my mind, like I tried to sell bitterness mm-hmm. as something that everybody related to. You know, it's one yeah. thing to be angry and disappointed and, you know, what the fuck is going on and, you know, and having that sort of baffled, stunned amazement and, mm-hmm. and, and reaction. But to actually, you know, resign yourself to, I'm fucked. Yeah. They, there's no way to really make that funny because you isolate yourself and it it can't read as anything other than amplified self-pity. Yeah. Well, and, and everybody's uh, experienced disappointment. Right. But not many people have truly given up. That's right. And so you can always relate to people of disappointment. Like, I, yeah, cranky. And, and, and that. I'm always still keeping somebody else in mind. Even though I'm bitching about something, I'm hoping that I'm doing it entertaining enough for somebody to listen. Because it's my friends that I grew up with. There's nothing better than hearing them go off on something. Because they know they're doing it. They're, like, let's relate. Just bitch with me to about you. something. Yeah. But when you're bitter, it's like, yeah, I don't even care if you're listening to me. I'm I'm upset. And not everybody's turned to that point like it's like right to sell. and you know it's worse when you add condescension to the bitterness that's yeah. that is horrible if you I'm add fucked. condescension to anything it right. doesn't work too yeah. well i'm fucked and you know what you people are too yeah. that's right yeah come along with me you know <laughs> which is not doing? what i try to tell people at colleges i just try to <laughs> i just don't want their hopes to get too high you know <laughs> like what like what have you had moments where you're talking to them and you're just like you're just looking out you hear this from teachers all the time just blank mildly exhausted stares oh well or, or just looking at just the just the 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 false glow of iphones on their faces just just a sea of people just staring into the internet um, in their hands oh. where it's where it's like i know you're not being it's hard and it's hard as it can be like well i know you're not making noise and you're not talking and it's not but do you realize that you look like you're trying to tell a ghost story around a campfire it's still not <laughs> It's still just as distracting to see to see somebody's face lit up. Oh <laughs> man, that's hilarious. Are we just old men that are bitching? I don't want to be the guy that's just bitches about new technology because I don't understand it. I'll do it, but I still also want to make a, a concerted effort to go. No, this is how the world is. I'm going to understand it. these things are tools, and they're and they're good tools, right? And they and they do make life easier. Phones, computers. But when I'm at a, a movie, is that is that okay now that people just can just sit there and with their phone and text during a movie like is that it's distract the lights distracting now am i just being a curmudgeonly old man like i need it dark and absolutely quiet to watch my movies no i think you're 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 that there is a sort of etiquette that has to come along with any sort of technological progress but are we outside the loop of no fuck of no that? No, because like a movie is supposed to be a, a community, a communal experience, mm-hmm. and you know if somebody's distracting you either by talking. I was at a movie. I went to see Precious, which was mm-hmm. a, a fairly disturbing but very uh, uh, brilliant movie. Yeah. And uh, like uh, we get there and everything's fine, and then like an entire busload of of what looked to be almost like a field trip of mm-hmm. um, inner city kids mm-hmm. uh, come in. And You're I'm talking like, about black people at the no, movies, no, no. aren't you? <laughs> it was mixed. It was black people, Latinos, it, but it looked like uh-huh. it, it, they definitely looked like they mm-hmm. had come in from a, a trip that you know. Oh, from, yeah, yeah. And one of them had a kid, so really? right. So now we've got this room full of of people that might be talking, anyways, and a shouting baby. And I had to really sort of suck it up and go, but this movie's really for them. <laughs> You know, I, this is important that they see this movie, 
and it's important that I see this movie. <laughs> but who brings a goddamn baby to the theater? Somebody, probably a fifteen-year-old that right. doesn't have a yeah a sitter, yeah, or, or can, you know, couldn't get her mother to stay with it. And I and I was like, and that's what the movie is about. In my mind, I'm like, this is really a community <laughs> event on on several levels. So I let it go. You yeah. got to let it go sometimes. But you started out of, like I I mean from hearing you on stage. I mean, you uh when you were a kid, you you were a punk rocker, right? I mean, to the degree that, like, I know you mentioned you had green hair. So yeah, to to the point where in the in the early to mid nineties, it wasn't like I was getting beat up out in public. But what was the story where where you're in Chicago, and uh, I guess you were in a band. Mm -hmm. And what is? Tell me that, that story again, because I just want to enjoy it. That was uh, that was being uh probably about I was nineteen or twenty, still new to drinking. Like, okay, never, and uh went out the night before and we were playing at the this place called the fireside bowl in uh, chicago you what did and you play I, I played guitar oh that's right we talked about Not, that earlier as uh cheech and chong so eloquently put it it's it's punk rock you don't need to practice yeah like, i was never good at it but i did play yeah and uh more posing i think i could be honest with it at this point in my life i was very posing a lot it's all right <laughs> but uh but yeah we loaded up uh we loaded in this place and it was uh it was an old bowling alley in chicago and uh, disgusting. I voted worst bathrooms in, yeah. in the entire city yeah. by, by New City newspaper. It was, right. it was just, it <laughs> that, was. That was an actual poll they did. It was, yeah. Like, they, like you know, the best of, worst of. And it was basically, it was kind of like the CBGBs of, of Chicago. Like, you, not, only, you, not only would you not sit down, you didn't even want to stand in there. It, the, you just didn't. You just tried to avoid going in there. I mean, it was always like, like we're punk rock and just people peeing on the floor. Right. And there. it's like. Why does punk rock have to mean? Can we behave in the bathroom? Yeah, Can we not yeah. be punk in the bathroom? It doesn't mean you have like, and and you don't realize that until later. It's like yeah, it's it's more of an idealistic lifestyle. It doesn't mean that you just have to be a jerk everywhere. <laughs> it's like it's such a like a, a catch all excuse for being a complete asshole. When you look back on it, it's like, oh, that guy's just free spirit. He doesn't care about what people think, and that's still the way you describe an asshole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You should care what people think. You're you being... should be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if possible. Yeah, it's like you don't have to be in people's face all the time. But so we we loaded in there, and I uh, was was drinking the night before and having you know going to Denny's at four in the morning. And, oh, you know, yeah. that's what you do when you're a young man. Yeah, and uh, and you're new to drinking. And you know you got to soak it up with something terrible. Yeah, and uh, went out. Uh, we loaded in. I I just I had to go. Like it was, it was I was gonna. <laughs> It's like, oh boy, this is this is an emergency situation. <laughs> That's the worst. <clears throat> we just I just sat in the car for an hour from our from our nice suburban homes to yeah. go play in the big city. Yeah. And uh look, I'm not, I'm not gonna touch the bathroom. I'm yeah. not gonna touch the bathroom in the fireside bowl. And uh so I just set out on foot and like west side of Chicago, like that was still was still a rough area. It was still like, like yeah. oh I'm punk rock, no, I'm open minded, we're gonna change the world. And yeah. people, no, stab, 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 stab. <laughs> so and so, uh, so you set out to yeah I just, I'm like I'm, I'm gonna find something I'll find some place and uh, that's the worst feeling I just I got two blocks to where it's like I'm, I'm it's either gonna be like here on the street or in, and it was just like this full blown west side cholo bar uh -huh. and I just got to the back and like, you, okay so you walk <laughs> in and it's yeah well, it's just and it's Truly, I just look down immediately. I'm like, I'm not making eye contact with any of these. And guys. you haven't shit your pants at all. No, yet. no, no. But it's it's like, it, it, I'm not going to not do this. I'm right. not going to be afraid. Right. And I just I get to the I just look down and just try to act like no, act like you own the place. Act like an, an adult. <laughs> act like an adult. <laughs> and I just go right to the back. Maybe they saw it on my face, but I I get in the bathroom and it's just it's the tiniest thing I've ever seen. It's just yeah. a little little tiny place. There's a little. 
There's a sink, there's a urinal, and then there's a little two-foot-tall brick wall. Yeah. And then there's the toilet. The brick wall, I don't know why. It's like maybe if you're going to, like if you wanted to pee splash your buddy in there, yeah. you're going you're gonna to throw a little out. I'm like, oh, no, see the little wall there saved you. Look at you. Lucky day. And uh, I sit out and uh, you know, a few minutes go by. and, and uh, So you're just out. You know, there's a little wall and you're sitting uh, in the just, open. Uh, which yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, it, it's, it's, it's so tiny. It's no sing, sing, Single server. No, yeah. no. It's single server. With no lock on the door. Yeah. Great. So, because great. this is not a bathroom for using the bathroom. This is a bathroom for doing speed or whatever right. you want to do. Right. You got to go, though. And, uh, yeah, I'm in there. And I'm uh, like, okay, all right, we did it. We made it this far. <laughs> you know, we're not going to make an embarrassment out of ourselves. Yeah. And uh, the door opens up because there's no lock on it. Yeah. And, uh, and a regular, a regular of the old <laughs> West Side Cholo Bar comes in. <laughs> Uh, a man that I can only describe as appearing frustrated from having run out of flesh to tattoo, <laughs> oh, like like yeah, not like yeah. like a, a real good like like when you see like gang members on TV, yeah, and like oh like the central casting guys that fight like I'm going to turn my life or like just eyebrows back, forehead, yeah. skull, ears, neck, everything, just 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 Covered. his face, yeah, yeah, just his face was open, <laughs> and it was, just, it was really it was like oh you got to be fucking with me right now, <laughs> like this is. This is how I'm going down. This is going down. I'm on his turf. Uh, but he he came in and he just, it was quiet. Yeah. And he, I'm like, all right. Because, you know, obviously I'm, 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 I'm not going to say anything. And he, he goes, he goes, I'll break the ice. Like, like, this, is, this is what this guy does. He just goes, uh, hey, you tucking a chit, man? <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to be a smart ass. <laughs> no, I'm water skiing over here. Yeah. You it's like, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a chit. Well, uh, I went with his lingo, you know. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going yeah. to correct him. It's not my place. <laughs> and uh and then this is what I'll never forget. Yeah. Is that you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for it. I'm I'm like at the very least I'm just going to get just punched in the face. And this guy instead he just goes, "Okay, okay. You know what, man? It's Friday night. Why don't you go ahead? You push that fucker out for me, yeah? And he and he and he approaches me, and then posts up for a high five, <laughs> and 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 high fives me while I'm on the toilet, <laughs> and I high fived him back. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna act awkward about it. Yeah. and it was like, yeah, I, I I walked out. I still made no eye contact. I cleaned myself up, and I walked. I was like. God damn, the, the the world surprises you sometimes, and you get you get real happy when like when you when stuff like that happens. You're like, I thought I was gonna die, and instead I got high fived by a man who was clearly a criminal. <laughs> and it's just those are the things that delight me in life. It's like just just those things I won't like. Those are the things I have to write down immediately. Like, don't ever forget that this happened in your life, right? Because don't ever forget that these that, that these are. Everybody thinks like an experience has to be like you climbed a mountain to talk with you know with a sherpa and this and that. No, spiritual wonderful things could just be some weirdo high fiving you on a shitter on the west side of Chicago. <laughs> Still, me a deep experience. Yeah, because it gave you faith, it gave you hope. It it it, <laughs> it also disrupted what uh, you might not have acknowledged as slightly racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, my my preconceived notions of what he should have done, he proved me wrong. Yeah. I learned the lesson in that place. I yeah. learned the lesson there. I, I don't know what would have happened <clears throat> if you'd hung out. Yeah, and he kind of made he kind of did the high five, and he's like, "All right," and then you know made he, his way. He out. didn't hang out. No, no, it was, it was uh, like, it was like he knew he knew timing. He was good with timing. He's like, "No, okay, I'm gonna go." 
That's funny, man. <laughs> All right, so here's what I wanted to do to finish up. Like, I had this a notion that because you know you, I feel like you're like me mm-hmm. and you and like a lot of comics. But I, I can tell that you don't necessarily think in jokes. So I told you to, uh, <laughs> oh no, to bring your notebook and and to like let's just see if we can find a couple of moments that like defy the idea of what we are. Like, I don't always write in jokes. Um, I don't even write in full thoughts. I've yeah, me neither. Like, I go back and I'm like, I cannot for the life of me figure out what i was and it's always as you're writing it you're like no you you know your own you know yourself right you know what you mean by this like i have something here that it just says and why would i write this down i don't even know where it's connected to it just says the saddest man in the world (laughs) (laughs) was that go was that intended to be a joke or that's just uh here we go it might have been part of something (laughs) that i no longer know what i was talking about and then right under it says democracy is an old tired whore (laughs) <laughs> Fuck anything for pennies. <laughs> I have a. I just wrote the words economy class. Yes, always. Well, then isn't that part? The... <laughs> well, when we talked about that, isn't that part of the idea that you're just in steerage? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I got. I've got plenty of just angry travel stories. Here's one. Look at this yoga class laugh. The polite laugh of sweaty women. <laughs> It's a haiku, the, but these, yeah, but you, like those are still complete thoughts. Well, here's something more on the uh, on the the children front. I just have written on one page the less than noble undertaking of populating this dying planet. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and how much? It, these are all ramblings of a crazy person. If you just found these books, like, look, mine is just filled with papers. I get real emotional on airplane rides. Yeah. Like to the point where sometimes I'll tear up, and I'll drink. I, I've been drinking on airplanes too. Oh yeah. So if I'm sitting there and the right song comes on and I'm drinking, and then somebody sees me just with empty beer cans and a little, you know, my eyes are a little swelled up, then I just take out this book that has nothing but napkins folded into it. Oh yeah. Well, and you just look like a lunatic. Like how did you even get on an airplane? Yeah, because I don't know the backstory. Yeah. You're like they, no, this is what I do. I cry and drink and write things and in this all, book. Yeah, all different different penmanship like yeah. like like i'm schizophrenic like different personalities have made these i ed- can't read some of mine oh no this i had a whole thing this was dr- driving drunk home trumpet solo squeak favorite part like an elephant short adolescence long awesome full-grown life but don't the trumpet buttons have ivy inlays oh this terrible metaphor has come back to bite me in the ass oh wait i think it's pearl pearl inlays yes that said trumpet notes are like elephants I wrote that as a grown man. I, I, I like that uh, you had to like you had to correct yourself in the actual thing. Like, oh, they're pearl. Like you wrote the afterthought. I have more fun writing. Like I start writing and realize I'm an idiot, and then I write why I'm an idiot for what I thought. And those are the best notes. This one, I have a couple here. This, how about this one? Self branding, create product, just can't get the branding right. I don't know what. The, oh, here's how about this one? I'm not better than you. I'm different in a good way. <laughs> I like that that's one. a good no. That's a quality. That's a quality joke. Crashed bike drunk. I was. Oh, that's right. I was riding with no hands and no feet, with UB40's red red wine on my headphones. And then the the note was, I'm either doing everything right or everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're my. What's it? I'm trying. Uh, I can't read this one. It says you're my best friend. Uh, fuck! I can't read that. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't know what it says. A scribbling of "You're my best friend." Yeah, <laughs> these are suicide notes. Yeah, I know. These are all suicide notes. Yeah. 
Do you ever have like the blast of clar- like clarity notes in there yes. that aren't supposed to be jokes? Oh yeah, and yeah. then it's just this is how your life is. Yeah, they, they all say uh, it's too late to go back. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> Here's one: afraid we'll be obliterated by someone else's grief or pain. We're all pretending. Oh my god, <laughs> these are ominous, hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've got to use more of these on stage. <laughs> That's what always happens when I read these. Like, I've really got to get to this stuff. <laughs> I know. Like, I, 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 this is the book that I write things that I really think out, and then I don't go back to for stand. I have my tiny notebook. Okay. I, I wrote fall off the wagon. That's a bad term because being on a wagon still sounds like I'm drinking. Just, <laughs> <laughs> a a grown person on a wagon <laughs> is still probably drunk. <laughs> My guest has been Kyle Kinane. Got it right that time. There we go. Do you have a website? Uh, yeah, I've got. I, I'm running uh, KyleKinane.com, and then uh, I'm dead, and it's all my fault.com is my little project. Like well, it's great talking to you, man. Well, it was fa- thanks for having me. It's fantastic. We got some real weird shit out of our books here. Yeah, we got. I think we got a lot out in general, and now we're going to go see if I. I I spent uh, an hour before he came, not in preparation for his arrival, but. I received a tangine as a gift, and I decided today was the day I would cook in it. So let's go eat that. I like it. So uh, a lot of you know uh, that you know I'm addicted to Facebook, and I have many problems with Facebook, and I have too many friends on Facebook. I'm not complaining, but I want to add new people. I don't know what to do, and you know I always update my status, and like I'm on it compulsively, but rarely do I actually meet people that uh, you know I actually knew from way back. Like it, it hasn't happened that often, and I've done something today where it just so happens that uh, a a guy I knew in third grade. Uh, lives here in Los Angeles, and and he contacted me on Facebook. Uh, this is Mar- Mark Salamino, and and I contacted him because uh, we went back and forth with it. And I said, "Shit, let's try to let's hook up." I got this podcast, so let's do it. And and this is the first time that that Mark Salamino and I and I have really talked since like I mean third grade. I mean that's a long time ago. It's like 1971, 72. Am I right? Is it like 1971, 72? 19, 1971. 71. Uh, yeah. I mean it's 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 fucking weird, but like I I kind of <laughs> remember you. I I mean I I mean like when he when he Facebooked me, I'm like fucking Mark Salamino Salamander. Am I right? Weren't you Sal? You 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 used to call me Salamander. You were the one who came up with that name. Because we were on the playground and uh, we were doing the uh, the obstacle course uh, with Mr. Tucker, the gym coach, and I fell down and you called me Sally, Sally, Salamander. <laughs> Salamander. My, what was what was the, his name? The gym? Uh, coach Baker, Mr. Chet Baker, not Chet Baker. That's the, Tucker. Uh, did you say Tucker? Uh, Mr. 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 Tucker. That's I, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Coach Tucker, he was our phys ed teacher, our gym teacher, we called him. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember if I... <laughs> you called me, you gave me the name Salamander. I remember doing yeah, that. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't remember a, if his name was Tucker. Or, yeah. I thought it was McFarland. No, 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 no. McFarland, McFarland was, he was a teacher's aide and a multi-purpose paraprofessional. He was a paraprofessional. He didn't have a teaching degree. McFarland did photography. He drove, he drove the bus. He did the crossing guard, and if there was ever a teacher out, he would he would come in. He would come in. You he talked to me too about in third grade when when you DP when you DP'd me in front of everybody. When I uh, when I 
when I you de-pantsed me in front of everybody, which I know you were best destined to be a funny guy. You were you totally destined yeah, to be a funny guy. I, I kind of remember that. You put you out in front of but those we girls. But we were in Mrs. Webb's class, right? Mrs. Uh, Webb's class, yeah, third Mrs. grade. Webb's third grade. She and shared a class with, uh, with Mrs. Oliver. The who? two of them, Mrs. Oliver and Mrs. Webb, both had a classroom, and we would intersperse both both of the third grade classes. I mean, I was we you and I were in Mrs. Webb's class. You DP'd me. In front of Mrs. Oliver's class, and they came in to watch. I a remember movie. Mrs. Oliver. Mrs. Oliver was also a third grade. So what's up? Nothing, man. <laughs> so you're just doing it. You're here doing it. You you were funny in Mark third Salmino. grade. It's yeah. fucked up. It's fucking wild, right? It's so amazing. So, I found you, man. I, know. I mean, you were like, you were like, you were like funny. Everybody used to laugh at me. They yeah. laugh with you, right? They right. laughed at me. They they. They, they, they were mean. <laughs> you yeah. weren't. You were mean, but not me. You paid attention to me. you. You paid attention to me. Right. You now, were. Yeah. Well, that's because you. I mean. I mean. I don't. Facebook, dude. I, 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 know, I, know, I know. It's wild. Can you believe right? it? What's your status update today? I, Yours I, are funny. Yours are. Yeah, funny. I, I think yeah. I, I said something about unpacking. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you do you remember when when you did the you you did the the smear the queer game with me the the football game where you don't really play football but everybody like throws the football around and whoever gets the football you smear the queer. Yeah, I kind of remember. I that. thought yeah. I was I thought I was gay for a long time. I didn't really I didn't because I told my dad and my mom and you know you know that that they 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 uh, they're not all all together available they weren't in third grade but that's why i that's why i left third grade after that smooth the queer wait i I thought mark salamino i mean i remember like going salamander salamino i know (laughs) (laughs) but i I thought you're you you dp'd me right but wasn't your dad uh didn't he pass away i mean i remember no dad dad uh, dad did get ill and eventually passed away but you you might be con- confusing me with Shane Vricchio or you might be confusing oh. me with Albert Heil the, their dads both Oh yeah died. Shane my 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 father was homebound and uh, my mom took care of him full time Oh yeah and then uh, I became homebound after 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 third grade because um when when uh, you know I my pants came down in front of everybody it was a hard, it was hard for me to breathe I, I I it was funny it was oh my god it was funny but it was hard for me to breathe and they wouldn't let me come to school and it was good because my dad and I got to be homebound together after that and, so, and wait so you're saying that that because I pulled your pants down which I don't frankly remember that well that. It's all under the. It's water under the bridge. It's a new day. Oh, shit, I don't right. even hold this against well, you. I'm fucking yeah. sorry, man. I mean, no, no, no. Facebook. It's like Mark Maron. Mark Maron. I yeah, can't believe fucking, it. You're not. You got a show. Mark Salamino. <laughs> Mark and Mark. <laughs> I you know. know right? yeah. yeah. Did that make you? Met, you were mad because you were the only Mark until I came into Miss Webb's class. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. So I, well, so what did, did you, you like me? Did you did you like me in third grade? I mean, did you, you you be honest, you can be totally honest. I mean, did, did you like me or because I thought you liked me when when you pushed me in the cafeteria, like pushed me to the front of the line and like spilled my stuff, <laughs> spilled my stuff on the floor. That you, I don't, I yeah, I, I liked you. I, you know, I, I gotta be honest, I I had a really hard time uh, remembering some of this stuff. I. Did you? I, I, uh, I, um, what? my doctor wanted me to to read something to you. If that's if that's all right, I I was I was gonna put on my status up on your wall. I was yeah. gonna write it on your wall. Yeah, uh, and give you a regular thing, but I chickened out because I'm a chicken. <laughs> I'm a queer bait. Uh, 
but I my 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 doctor wanted me to read some. I, what what kind of doctor? I well he, he's a therapist, therapist uh, doctor. Yeah. Okay, I, I okay. I'm sorry. You know, I feel bad because I'm I'm trying to you know put all this stuff together with you and dear, dear Mark Marin. Third grade was a long, long time ago in a city called Albuquerque, New Mexico. You and I both were young and trying to find our way. Mm. Your sense of humor may not have been fully developed, nor was my confidence. And as a result, our worlds collided, and inadvertently you hurt me. I forgive you for DPing me in front of Mrs. Oliver's class. I forgive you for tripping me in the cafeteria. And I forgive you for calling me Salamander. Mark Marin, I still want to be your Facebook friend and I have moved on. Mark Salamino. A.K.A. Salamander. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Well, I, 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 well, I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I just, I didn't. I'm sorry, man. And I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really remember you at all. I, I, I'm, I, I, it's I, all right. I'm, it's all right. It's fine. I, uh, I, I mean, I remember Salamander. You know, I remember that because we, you know, you wrote that on the Facebook message. I mean, I, mean, I think I'm pretty sure I, I, I named you that. And you look, you look familiar. Well, I've had two, three surgeries since the fire, but I uh, still, I know, look the same. Uh, okay. I tried to light my house on fire yeah. one time. Yeah. I was so upset. I was. You... It's been hard, man. It's been like they say: if you get triggered before your your amygdala transitions into your frontal lobe, yeah, there's some real damage that can happen. And and kids don't mean it. You didn't mean it. And what they did... never do. They, we were we were all kidding around. And wait, so you you think you set fire to your house because of what I did? That's what my therapist and I have come up with. Yeah. I mean, not because of you. No, 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 not because of I mean, it, it, you did, you triggered stuff that was already there. You didn't mean to trigger it, Mark. You, you're, you know, you, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, okay. I, all right. Well, I'm sorry it's been hard for you, Mark. But it's been awesome getting back in touch with <laughs> you, dude. It's been so awesome. I Can I crash at your place? I'm in LA now for, I don't have a place to live right now. Right now. I got socked in the, the the economy. Yeah, I I um we could talk about it. I mean, I I don't know if I All right, well, let's let's do it off the air. I uh Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Mark Baron. Mark, God, Facebook, dude. It's so, awesome to see Mark you. Salmino Salamander. All right, buddy. Uh, before we end the show today, I, I just want to reach out to you people. A lot of you people know uh, Jesse Thorne through his uh, many shows, through The Sound of Young America, through Jesse Jordan Go. You can reach everything he does. All Jesse Thorne-related radio product is at MaximumFun.org. But here's the interesting thing. On May 7th through 9th, uh, Jesse does this thing called the Max Fun Con. Uh, it's up in Lake Arrowhead. I have not been to it, but I hear it's great. He basically... Uh, rents out a uh, a lakeside resort 
and he invites people to come spend the weekend. I, obviously, it costs, but it's all inclusive. You get uh, you get housing, uh, you get food, you get a beautiful uh, weekend away at a, at a gorgeous place. But here's the thing: I'm going to be there doing comedy along with Al Madrigal, Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo's going to be there. There's going to be music by Andrew W.K., uh, and there's going to be uh, classes and workshops. Uh, there's Apparently there's a craft classes, there's cooking classes, there are improv classes. Maria Bamford is going, uh, with Al Madrigal, is going to do a stand-up thing where you can try stand-up, and Maria and Al will, will uh, point you in the right direction. It just sounds fun, uh, and... and uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not a big nature guy, but uh, I will be up there being uncomfortable, performing. We're all going to do shows. It just sounds like a great time. And if you want to get information on that, you can go to maxfuncon.com. That's maxfuncon.com. And I just, I encourage everybody to come up because it, it sounds it sounds like, uh, you know, groovy people, creative people, good times. So if that sounds interesting to you, come spend the weekend up there with me and Al Madrigal and Maria Bamford and Andrew W.K., Jimmy Pardo and Jesse Thorne. And let's do this, folks. MaxFunCon.com. See you there. All right, folks, that's it. Thank you for listening to WTF. Uh, Appreciate your uh, support and your listenership. Uh, I want to thank Kyle Kinane for coming down, and and also it was very interesting to talk to Mark Salomino after so many years. As always, uh, please go to punchlinemagazine.com if you want to keep up to speed with anything comedy-related, and you can go to wtfpod.com for all your WTF pod needs, and I really want to encourage you to get on the mailing list over there so I can let you know when I'm going to be in your town or hamlet performing my uh, little sketches and funny. Uh, I'd like to, to see you guys out there. Uh, and if you subscribe, as you know, at WTFPod.com, you will get a T-shirt. And I'm on top of that now. I think everyone's getting their T-shirts and their stickers and their cards. You know, I'm going to build out a little bit in terms of you know how we approach this situation. I'm not pressuring anybody, but you can donate and subscribe and get uh, the WTF T-shirt and stickers. And, and I'll write you a little card. So do that there, too. Uh, a couple of other things. Obviously, JustCoffee.coop, available at WTFPod.com or JustCoffee.coop.com. Put WTF in the coupon box. Get a 10% discount on that. Uh, as I said earlier, there will be a live taping December 18th. Uh, that's Friday at UCBLA. That's with Sarah Silverman, Paul F. Tompkins at the UCB Theater. You can go to LosAngeles.UCBTheater.com to see if you can get into that. And this is sort of a long tease, as we call it in the game. I will be at Laughs in Seattle. Uh, January 15th and 16th, and you can go at, uh, get tickets for that at LaughsComedy.com if you're in that area. And I think that about does it. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you have a good week. <laughs>